Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi. Thank you for tuning in to the second part of the 42nd episode of Why Are People Into That? Um, the subject this month is Why Are People Into Bondage? And my guest is Troy Orleans, a New York City-based dominatrix who specializes in extreme bondage um and this is the 42nd episode and 42 is a very special number for me because i i grew up on i grew up loving the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy which is a book by british satirical science fiction writer named Douglas Adams. There's a whole series. And if you haven't read it, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, anyway, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, one of the jokes is that the answer to the question, what is the meaning of the universe, is 42 and maybe to fully grasp the absurdity of that joke, you have to read the book, which you should do. Um, preferably in a dusty old paperback that you could fit in the back pocket of your jeans. And for those of you who know me or have seen a picture of me that was taken in the past four years or so, um, I have a pretty prominent tattoo that is a reference to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, it's a matching tattoo that I have with my dom mom, Mistress Davina, who's actually younger than me, but taught me everything that I know about bondage and a lot of other things about kink and sex work and not to mention eternal friendship and... Um, the tattoo says, don't panic. And that's what it says in the back of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And what I love about having a don't panic tattoo on my wrist. Also, if you follow me on Instagram at Tina Horn's ass, which is spelled the same as Tina Horn's ass, you will have seen this tattoo because I took a picture of it while I was drinking wine and eating ice cream and chips and 
watching the results of the 2016 presidential election come in, sitting on my couch in my home with my chosen family and um, I don't always talk explicitly about politics on this podcast. Uh, if you are a regular listener, you don't you know that I certainly don't shy away from it in my interviews and the people that I choose to interview tend not to shy away from it either. Um, but today is a new day. It's November 10th, Thursday, November 10th of 2016. Um, and I just went to yoga after getting home from work and it was a really good class and it was really what I needed and um I'm also gonna drink some tea which you're about to hear um me pour some ginger tea with some lemon and cayenne and honey and um I there's so much to say and I hope that you are saying it for yourself and listening to what other people have to say um I wanted a female president now and I'm going to have to wait. The reason that I wanted a female president is that I wanted people to to see every day that women are powerful. Um and I think people don't believe that yet. Um and as for Donald Trump and Mike Pence, um, we're watching you. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what else to say, and um, but I couldn't say nothing. Um, so I hope you are reading and talking and listening, but self-care is always more important than you think it is and that you can't help people if you're not, you can't take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself and if you're not letting other people take care of you too. And so... Go to yoga if you're into that sort of thing. Make some ginger tea if you're into that sort of thing. Um, be fucking angry. Go for a run. Go to the gym. Go for a walk. Dance. However you like to dance. Um, read a book. Watch Watch some escapist TV. And maybe getting tied up or tying someone up is your self-care. Um, and I hope that you're really thinking about consent and what it means and the agency to freely give the gift to loan someone the power for a while. 
um, and the potential of that, which is a lot of what we talk about on this show. And um, I'm not going to be shying away from talking about gender and consent and rape and power in the coming months or years. And um, I hope you'll all go along with me on that. Here's the second part of my interview with Troy Orleans, really as a formidable woman. And uh, this was recorded in early September, I I think. Um, Here's me and Troy Orleans asking the question, why are people into bondage? And like, you know, whatever the like accoutrement, like people walk in here and feel very like intimidated by how like, you know, like decadent and creepy it is. But like, it's really um, about joy and connection and all kinds of very nice humanness. And, you know, yeah, and sort of like, you know, I I see, I honor, what is it? What did I say in yoga? I honor the... The goddess in you, and or you the know, divine in the you. The divine in yeah. you. Yeah, I honor the divine in you, and yeah. you honor the divine in me, and and um, and that is. I mean, and that's how I feel. This space is like that's the intention of it. Is that we, you know, it's not. You can kind of get into that dummy thing of, you know, I command respect, and mm. you know, I demand respect, and you or whatever. But it's more for me. It is we both have such exquisite things you know we have this incredible opportunity to bring our most exquisite self to to each other and put it at the other's feet um and say here this is who i am and and please make of it what you will mm-hmm. and you know and even i as a top do that to the people that i play with in that this means something to me too. It's, I feel it. It's important to me. It's valuable to me. And when I am here doing this, expressing myself in this way, like this is my outlet for that expression. Mm. And, and all of this joy and enthusiasm that I bring to it, I want it honored and respected um, and, and valued and appreciated. So I want to create that, you know, as I've talked about before, this reciprocal energy loop of Mm -hmm. we are both here with the same goal in mind to just have this incredibly mind-blowing experience. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so that's it. And bondage is like it's a really easy way for me to get there. And fortunately, I've been able to um, grow my practice and cultivate my practice that it's it's the thing that I love and it's Mm. the people who come to see it's what the people who come to see me love as well Mm. so we just get to have this big old joygasm it's it's great (laughs) (laughs) fuck yes okay I would love to talk about some simple bondage to build on like before you are like hung upside down um, in a Mm -hmm. cocoon um but I'd also really like to talk, uh, but first I'd like to ask you, 
why do you think bondage is the kinky gateway drug? And why do you think it has this sort of like tacky, chintzy uh, shorthand that probably has nothing to do with anything that would actually be great about bondage? Well, first of all, not to be that person, but I kind of always thought the kinky gateway drug was spanking. Yeah. I thought that's where like everybody started was just like, oh, you know, like a little slap and tickle type thing. I think, I think you're right. Um, in terms of it, you're probably right in terms of functionality that there's probably more people cause you can just yeah. smack somebody in the ass. You don't need to even go right. buy like Victoria's secret handcuffs. Right. But, but in terms of the short, <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually talking, right, but like, if you're actually going to say like, Oh, I'm doing something kinky and you know, or, or, like, or even sort of like the way that, that, um, that BDSM and, and kink is, is represented in the media, probably the first shorthand that you're going to get. If, if there's like a character in a sitcom that right. is like, Ooh, they're like kind of freaky. You know that the first thing that they're going to have is Those a pair handcuffs. of like totally. metal metal handcuffs, which actually probably are like not very um, right. you know comfortable or, or good yeah. for any like or serious struggling. Yeah, um, yeah. So okay, uh, why do I think? Um, well, first of all, because if it, if you really are going to other it, you know, unlike spanking, which anybody can do because they everybody well most people have hands or something to spank with sure. and you grew up getting spanked. Um, you know, if you're of a certain generation, you certainly had spankings a as lot a kid. Of, a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, so it's not unfamiliar. Um, so that's, that's a matter of eroticizing something that's normal. Um, mm. Whereas, or, or something that's everyday or expected or, or something you are, you're eroticizing a familiar thing. Handcuffs, though, not everybody experiences being in hand up, in handcuffs. Um, so I think that that is eroticizing the exotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it is in the role play of, oh, I've been a bad girl. I've been, you know, so I've been arrested and, mm. you know, like that kind of a thing. Like where it, it's literal handcuffs. Or it's just the, here is this different object that is going to restrain me handcuffs um that has a sort of like punishment element to it yeah i mean Um, why i mean the the reasons that people are restrained irl like you know unconsensually either is for like you know very very scary sinister reasons of being being kidnapped and being the captive of you know um uh someone with horrible intentions or at, or punitively right because like you're the, you're the villain right like i like either a villain kidnaps you or you're the villain and so the good guys have to restrain yeah. you so you can't you can't do bad anymore you can't do bad things exactly um, so so i think that that i think that that's i think that's part of it and and i guess Another thing that's really appealing about bondage, whether on a 101 level or even at the like 401 level, is that in that loss of control and the idea of mitigating consent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm in bondage. I can't help that they shoved a dick in my mouth or I can't help that, you know, like I couldn't stop it. 
Right, right. Um, so it wasn't me right. that did those bad things. I didn't have a choice. Exactly. Right, which is very appealing. I mean, like, like relinquishing responsibility. Yes, that's that is it. It's the re- it's the relinquishment of responsibility. Um, so I think that that can be compelling. Like, oh, you know, even even in the fuzzy handcuff realm, it's. you know, for a woman to be put in fuzzy handcuffs, like with all of the sort of traditional, like, oh, the woman's supposed to resist sex or mm. not want it or whatever. Well, you are handcuffed now. Right. And, and there's nothing you can do about it. This is just going to happen to you. Mm. Um, and then there's also, I mean, and this is another great thing about bondage, you know, in the right context, is that all of a sudden... You don't have to know what to do. Yeah, right. This you is know? this is my big bondage thing. I was I was wondering when we were going to get to this. This is my like because I'm you know I'm a fucking sex worker. I have a sex podcast. You know, my I'm yeah. a sex writer. You know, so sometimes when I'm having sex, it's just really really nice to be like you know the the abdication of responsibility. Yes, but also the like uh like abdication of like being the director. Yeah, it's like really nice to be like you don't get to decide what mm-hmm. comes next. Right. And there's just no, and it's very like overwrought and obvious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like it's because sometimes I need that, you know, I need something like really, really clear to be like, there is literally no, there's no like ignoring the fact that you don't get, it's not your call anymore. Exactly. It's a great feeling. Exactly. And that I think is, yeah, just sort of eliminating that, agency Mm -hmm. um that you take the other person's agency out of the equation and whether it's for to benefit them or to benefit you it's still not it it still becomes not a factor well and i and you know obviously what it is is a is like creating a space in which you consent to like give over your consensual agency. non-consent yes. right you know be, yeah which what, what's your what's your opinion on the benefits of consensual non-consent well as a control enthusiast <laughs> i'm not gonna say i'm a control freak but i'm a control enthusiast i like that, I like that. <laughs> as a control enthusiast as a control connoisseur yes uh aficionado yeah there you um, go i am It's funny when I'm off the clock and you know, particularly in like in my dating life, you'll find that I will, uh, someone will propose something like, Oh, you know, I'd like to take you out. Okay, great. Just tell, and I, my response is tell me where to be and when. Mm. And well, what do you like? I don't care. Yeah. What do you, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to have to make any decisions. I don't just tell me where to be and when, and I will show up and I will be there. And like, and that's the way that I like to get dommed, so to speak in my, yeah. per, in my personal life. It's yeah. just like, I don't want to have to make any decisions. Totally. I don't want to have to totally. have that control because I'm somebody who gets it all the time. And I would like for today to be a decision free day. I suck at that, but <laughs> I, like honestly, you know, because then what happens is that you also have to know me well enough mm. or have enough 
authority mm. that when I bounce back at you with, mm, I don't really like that. That's not my thing. I don't like that or whatever. That you'll go, it's okay. I know it. I like it. You're going to love it. Like there, there has to be, that has to get pushed back at me for me to go, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but most people won't do that. Most people will, when I say, mm, I don't know, I don't think so. They'll go like, okay, well, what would you like to do? And then, uh, then I say, okay, fine. And then I completely take control mm. and come up with ideas and, and organize everything. Um, I think that as a top, um, what I've observed for the people who do relinquish that control and authority and decision-making is you know, what's appealing about it is just is is just the break of it the the respite yeah um the you know, maybe there's even a, a humbling that happens with it or an opportunity to discover to to sort of say oh i didn't even know i didn't think i would like this i didn't know i would like it but i like it mm-hmm. this is kind of nice yeah um Or you can also eroticize the, I don't like this. But as someone who likes, you know, who sort of makes a point of making sure that I like everything that's happening, I like that I don't like this and that I still have to take it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's hot. That is hot. You are right. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
If I if somebody's tied me up, it quiets the like any like inferiority complex or like anxiety that I have about being an object of desire. Like I can just totally give myself over to being an object of desire because this person tied me up. Like, <laughs> this person like you made this bed. <laughs> definitely wants me right. to be there. Um, that's a nice feeling. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it that way. I mean, again, because I, I spend a lot of time on top and there is the volition and, and I'm on top of people who are coming to me and paying me for yeah. this experience. So there's the, there's a volition there. But there's probably, I mean, as somebody who also has tied a lot of people up for um, uh, business and pleasure, um, the the flip side of that is the the pleasure of 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 tying somebody up and like just having someone be like the focal point of all of your desire mm-hmm. you know wh- yeah. whatever what if the, if that desire is professional if that desire is like the lust for that particular person and and, yeah. and that it's connected to control but um just really like uh what i find amazing is like when my desire for that person isn't even you know like it doesn't activate it doesn't even exist until they are in bondage and Mm -hmm. then suddenly when they are actually fully immobilized and sensory deprived or whatever and oh my gosh it's like my kryptonite when they're (laughs) all like the the man in a body bag just you know where there is no skin showing except for maybe his dick that's like popping out of there (laughs) oh my gosh that's just it's just a like I don't, cause I don't even know what you look like. I don't know how you talk, how you move, whatever it is. But there's just something about like you just being hard in that bag, and you can't move, and there's nothing you can do. And like, oh, good lord, it, it, that's that's one of my favorite moments. It's like, well, it I have to like remember what my job is when I. <laughs> Well, it sounds like there is an element of objectification going on. Yes, there's more than an element. Like, I mean, I think that's that's pretty much what it is. It's it's super objectifying, but it's also, you know, the other thing I think that's really appealing to me is that, again, I, I sort of talking about like levels of engagement. You know, like, yeah, I'm connected with them in this sort of like psycho-spiritual way or psycho-energetic way. Um, But at the same time, they can't, they can't ask for and they also can't stop me. Um, and so it is really, you know, the, the idea that they are completely at my mercy and that they're in that until I say it's time for them to get out, that they are, you know, that whether or not they're aroused by it. I still am, you know, I'm just, I'm still in charge of it. Mm. You know, 
I don't know. I, like, I kind of feel like I'm going a little in like rhetorical circles about this because it's so. No, I like mean, I've been enjoying watching your lip curling. <laughs> it's all the, it's, it's kind of all the same because it's all in this sort of really juicy, delicious piece for me of, of, of a combination of control and compassion and um, acceptance and the erotic and the technical mm -hmm. like i love the sort of like the, the 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 physics and the science engineering of it. i mean i failed physics in school but like you've got some marvels of engineering going exactly on like here. the stuff i'm able to work out here and just kind of intuitively figure it out all right well you know i have a i have a six foot tall 240 pound man that I have to suspend with eight springs with an 80, with a weight gauge of it's 80 SA, pounds each, you know, question, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and just to figure out how I'm going to get this man up in the air on a, you know, on a level plane. Um, it's incredible. And that I'm able to kind of do it more or less unerringly at this point. It's like, wow, I just like, have to like look at myself sometimes. Fuck like, yeah. Hey girl. Um, so, so yeah, but there's, but there's just, I think that, I think for the person who is in bondage under those circumstances, particularly as a man, mm. you know, who is generally thought of as the, you're the agent and the director director of all like sexual activity. Right. And, you know, or, or the instigator. Right. Um, that as a man, you can be in the situation where you're in this room with a beautiful woman and, you know, it all of a sudden it's not about Getting hard, staying hard. Yeah, getting hard, staying hard. Are you a good kisser? Do you smell good? Do you this? But also, it's it's like, you know, what kind of a driver are you? Did you did you pay that bill? Did you fill your TPS report out and submit it on time? Well, this did all you, goes back to the like abdication of responsibility, right? Yeah, like yeah. like none of that stuff matters. I mean, you, the sensory deprivation especially of the face it is and also like annihilating of your person identity yes, yeah of exactly. your identity yeah right yeah you've lost your identity it's dehumanizing right you and and you're also in this sort of foreign environment it is not a domestic environment mm. it is not you know it's not your home there are no there are no children in this space there <laughs> no is kidding. no you know or for that matter there are no pets there is mm. a um you know, it is not, it is not a vanilla space. Yeah. So it, it is devoid of all your sort of like daily lives, contextual clues. Mundanity. Which, yeah. Right. Which, yeah, the, that quotidian or the, yeah, mm. the mundanity that tells you like who you are supposed to be or how you're supposed to act or what your responsibilities are. Right, right, right. All of those what cues. What it means to be a man. Yeah. All those cues are gone and and especially what it means to be a man because you are in a femdom space yeah and i make that clear from the moment that you walk in and so like even all of your like 
heteronormative white male privilege or whatever you want to talk about, like even that stuff is kind of blurred or, or, you know, or ameliorated even. It's just, it, it, it's not a factor. And then to go into bondage on top of that, it's yeah. like, ah, like how liberating must that be? Mm. And particularly like for me being who I am, like as a black woman, mm. um, it's, it has this like different kind of resonance as well, where it's like, you know what, all of the things that you client person, you know, sort of understand about your life and who you are and what you do or whatever, like all of that stuff goes out the window in this space. Um, you're in a femdom space and here's this woman of color who is actually in authority and in control and she is directing what exactly is going to happen to you with like skill and expertise and you know and desire and passion whatever but it's not a desire that you created in her it is her own desire that is actually being the agent in this many you know uh intense or extreme um bondage spaces um are about like um sort of maybe not erasing but like sweeping the quotidian aside um but it's totally possible to have a transcendent bondage experience in your home with sure with like you know maybe slightly simpler equipment than what we have here i mean it can be anything from getting tangled up in the sheets mm. so you know tangled up in your bed sheets or in a blanket that's sweet. The throw on your on your couch or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, bondage is so. That's the other thing that's so compelling about it is that it can be so simple, mm. innocuous. Even it can be the seatbelt of your car. Yeah. There. Oh, you, you can tell you you can it can be verbal, right? Like mm-hmm. and psychological. Like you, yeah, don't move. That's you could, it. I mean, that, that is something that I think is really amazing. Uh, I mean, ob- obviously you're, you know, you're doing some witchcraft here in this space, but like <laughs> the, there is like much, um, I feel like some, sometimes these simple things like a simple leather cuff, a simple bondage tie, a simple, you know, silk uh, silk, silk scarf, scarf or yeah, a silk necktie, yeah, or, or a yeah. simple like order can activate this same power that we're talking about with these elaborate sensory deprivation six-hour sessions that that you're mm-hmm. describing. Like, there's like a germ of that in in that in that simple thing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's, and that, I mean, I'm I'm very gear oriented because I have that physical and you know and verbal vocabulary in my you know at my fingertips um but as far as sort of experiencing bondage in a more um natural sense Mm. Yeah, or like the, everyday sense. Yeah, the yeah. everyday sense. You know, whether it is a command or whether it's a command to obey or to sit or stand mm. or it's a sit on your hands. Mm. Um, or sit on my dick. Right, or sit on my dick. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and, and when I started out, like one of my favorite kinds of bondage was what I called body bondage, where I would just use the parts of my body. I would have the person put their, like, put their hands palm up on mm. the bed 
and I would put a knee in each palm mm. to just hold their hands down mm. and be on top of them. Mm. And that, I love that. Yeah, so sexy. And like that is another way to 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 have bondage. And then it's also just a matter of like just telling the person, I don't want you to move. Yeah. Or stick your tongue out. Mm. Close your eyes. Open your eyes. In telling them what to do with their body um, or finding a way to manipulate their body to do what you want it to do. All of those things are expressions of bondage and just as intense and valuable and valid as the $3,000 leather you know, sleep sack that I have. That Although if you do get the chance to save up your money and come see Troy and get to hang out for in the, <laughs> the, the $3,000 sleep sack that, uh, that it's uh, pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. it's the, the leather is from the same, it's the same leather that they use for the interiors of Jaguars. Jaguar Shut convertibles. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the late same leather supplier. Oh my God. So, so yeah, so it's like you're, you're, you were literally wrapped in luxury. Oh um. my God. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I, you know, I'm like looking around at, at these like, you know, man-sized cages and, uh, you know, like metal things and leather strappy things and hoods and like, you, you know, medieval looking stocks. And, and I feel like, uh, we could, you know, piles of, of rope. And I feel like there are so many things that we could talk about, but we've already been talking for an hour. So I feel like, yeah. So I feel like, (laughs) I feel like, um, do you, do you have, do you have a a mission statement about bondage that we haven't gotten to? I hadn't really thought about a mission statement about bondage. I mean, I, I feel like everybody should experience bondage and, and to understand that, Participating in bondage, it does not have to be a sexual experience. Mm. Um, that you can approach it from a more, you know, from you can approach it from a bunch of different levels. It can be a sexual experience, like that sort of intimate, like you know, body bondage thing, or mm. even the, oh, I'm going to handcuff you to the bedpost and yeah. then have my way with you. Like there's there's all of that, and that's beautiful and sexy and fun. Which, by the way, like another thing I like about bondage is struggling against Mm, restraints um for me is like like i'm just i'm like a sensation slut you know just like part of why i'm a sadomasochist and like um there's something about and i'm very like active fucker you know so like (laughs) like being being um being restrained um, and, and then just being like a junkyard dog, you know, that is like, mm-hmm. like, Her, li- right. yeah, exactly. That is like, like, <sighs> like, uh, oh, I'm going to break free of this. I'm going to get it. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Um, yeah, like, uh, just, you know, and it, it's not, it doesn't, like the struggle doesn't necessarily have to feel like, like resist, like fearful resistance, although it can, and that can be hot, but like just, just the, the, like the kinetic energy of like thrashing around and like mm-hmm. having something to brace yourself yeah, against something right. to, to grab resist, something to and to resist. resist yeah. yeah. Um, 
it, like it, it generates energy in mm-hmm. the sex or in the scene. And that's mm-hmm. something that I really like about it. Now, just yeah. since you brought up sex. Yeah, no, that, that is a good part. Actually, one of the things I also really like is I love putting someone in bondage and watching them try to escape. Like that's incredibly <laughs> erotic for me. And erotic, like from a brain, like it's, it's, it's both like big brain and little brain way because yeah. I love is looking at... Is your little brain your cunt? Is that yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, little, I mean, men can have death. a little brain. Like I can have a little brain too. Absolutely. Like, no, little, I just want to clarify. Little head, <laughs> little head. So, I get so, it. Yeah, so it's like, so, so part of it is sort of looking at it and saying, okay, well, structure, structurally, like how I did that rigging, what about it works, like biomechanically, mm. um, physically, like what, you know, where are the weak points? Where are the strong points? Am I getting that like resistance of motion or that, that counter resistance? Mm-hmm. Um, that's all really interesting to me. And that's something that I can only see when you struggle. In fact, one of my favorite games to play when I'm doing bondage with someone is, um, especially if we're going for an immobilization bondage, is that I'll start putting them in bondage and then I will do something to kind of torture them that's going to force them to flinch or move or squirm. And I see what parts of their body are still able to squirm. And those are the parts that I concentrate on tying down next. I don't know why that just seems so diabolical. But, <laughs> but it does. So, and that, that is also, well, no, that's not. Can you define predicament bondage? Um, I think of predicament bondage as uh bondage that can either get the more you struggle the worse Mm. it gets right 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 or that creates a a tension or a dynamic between two equally undesirable outcomes okay gotcha like for example if you um if you want, like it, like if you combine it with tease and denial, right? Like somebody wants to like kiss their mistress's ass or like touch right. their. But tits if they or do, like it's going to create a shock, right? Or it's right. going to or like, like put like put more weight on their balls. Yeah, or, exactly. I mean, like yeah. one of the one of the like a predicament bondage that I do a lot is, um, I will have, uh, one that I've been doing recently is I'll have someone on the floor, and I'll have. A rope tied to their testicles or genitals in such a way that they have to arch their back up off the floor like in in yoga they call it a bridge pose sure and so they have to lift themselves like lift their hips up in order to lessen the tension and the weight or pull on their on their genitals but that also means that if they if they're helping their genitals out, then they're causing their quadricep muscles and their lower back and you know their thigh muscles to just burn like crazy. Sure. And then if they give their thigh muscles a rest by sinking down, then they cause their genitals to get pulled painfully. And so then that's the predicament. How do you decide which one you're going to favor at any given point? And what kind of state does that put that person in? Desperate. <laughs> <laughs> and what can you do to them when they're desperate? <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Actually, I just really just stand and laugh and just sort of giggle and say like, all right, well, <laughs> we're going to keep doing this until you get, until I get bored of it. But I can just so be there, you know, so then there is like an element of humiliation to that as well. Yeah, there can. I mean, well, and that's the other part, you know, for my for my 
initial question when I first started is like, well, why would anybody do that? Like, once you have them tied up, then what do you do? And the answer is, once you have them tied up, what can't you do? Mm. Like, it is, there are opportunities for humiliation. There are opportunities for seduction. There are opportunities for them to prove something to you. There are opportunities for you to prove your power over them. There are there are opportunities for relaxation. There are opportunities for incredible stress. Um, it, it doesn't There's matter. opportunity to just like fucking walk away. And no, I'm, well, no, I should say um, it's very important that we you stay know, present. Yes. Um. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole self bondage thing gives, gives oh, things a bad so, rap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's so, it's so scary to me because, you know, and, and that's the thing that sort of, just startles me sometimes about a lot of my clients. They'll talk about right. wanting it so much and that they do all this self bondage at home. Right. And, you know, they've learned through trial and error, error successfully so far, obviously, if they're still coming to see me, that they have to sort of incorporate certain uh, stopgap measures or fail safes to protect themselves in case they do get stuck. Um, you know, and, and that's a, it's a really dicey, scary game. I, I, I don't know how some of them do it. And it just sort of speaks to that kind of innate need that some have for that experience. Yeah. And that's the sort of wonderful thing about being able to come to a pro dom or to a professional is that they can give you mm. that really intense bondage experience, but do it in a safe context. And again, it doesn't have to be sexual. Right. It doesn't have to be, you know, I've, I've had bondage clients who haven't even taken off any of their clothes yeah. um, because they really just want to experience that bondage. And so, you know, as long as you make that clear to the professional that you're working with, they're happy to accommodate it, particularly somebody who is into bondage and just kind of gets it as, as an experience. Yeah. Is that sometimes it's just like you just need to be restrained. You need to be constrained. Mm. Just that feeling of being held tightly and not having to make any choices, not having to make any decisions, not being in control. It's just, it is so liberating and it's so relaxing. And it is probably in many ways like more satisfying than a two week vacation in, you know, the tropical island of your choice. So. Well, on that note, <laughs> thank you. This, I can't wait to listen to this again. I feel like you've blown my mind and I... And now you want to get tied up, don't you? I, I do. I do have a... Um, I have, I am claustrophobic. Mm. And it like, and thinking about the more extreme bondage that you do um, uh, does activate my like... Uh, that like fear factor. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I am also aware that fear and arousal might be connected. So just maybe, just maybe. <laughs> so, so, uh, and I am super macho. So yeah. I'm like, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely am like, you know, well, I'll just test myself out and see how much I can take, you know? So, right. um, I'll try anything twice. <laughs> <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Troy, so Troy Orleans, um, 
Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet under Troy Orleans everywhere. Tumblr, uh, TroyOrleans.tumblr.com, Instagram.com slash Troy Orleans, Twitter.com slash Troy Orleans. It, it's pretty straightforward. And what is your website? And my website is TroyOrleans.com. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> I tried to keep it really simple for everyone. So awesome. that's all you have to do. But I'm I'm all over the place. And um, and always best to email me. And that's the one thing that is a little bit odd, which is I am MTO. That's for Miss Troy Orleans. MTO at TroyOrleans.com. Cool. Um, well, I highly recommend that everyone email MTO. <laughs> and um, I am... So, so glad that you could be on the show. Me too. This was really fun. I, I There's always a pleasure in talking about the things that you really enjoy and especially to talk about the things that you really enjoy with somebody who kind of gets it too is even I better. I kind of get so it. So thank you. I kind of get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, have a great night. Thanks for listening to part two of episode 42. Follow at Tina Horns Ass on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to this show on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher. And um, if you have a few seconds to write a review and tell your friends about the show, it really, it really helps me a lot in terms of continuing to do it. And I love doing it. You can visit wirepeopleintothat.com to subscribe to my newsletter and listen to the entire archive as ever wire people into that is produced and hosted by yours truly tina horn our theme song is by pine from oakland california who are now going by the name vivid windows our website was designed by justin levesque and this project is sponsored in part by my generous and patriotic patrons you can find out more about becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash tina horn take care of yourselves take care of each other Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.